0: We have A Bible, we're going to go to Philippians uh, chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 10. By the way, I put this uh, cup here because this was my Father's Day gift, and it says, uh, if you don't you can't read what it says, dad, dad, dad joke loading, please wait. Okay, and so I don't know about you guys, but I, I love dad jokes and I think they're hilarious, and so they gave me this little booklet that uh, says uh, dad joke, and so there's one dad joke for I think every day of the year. And says a definition of dad joke is, it's a noun, uh, a joke so corny and lame that only dads think it's funny. So I'm going to put this to the test and see what happens. So I'm going to go with the first joke. I'm assuming it's church friendly, so we'll see. Um, Why are tennis players uh, bad in relationships? Because love means nothing to them. Okay, all right, all right. So far, so good. I'll do a next one. Um, did you hear about the, the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. Okay, all right. I'll do just one more. This is not a sermon. Uh, atheism is a nonprofit organization. Some of you guys got that? Profit? Get like a profit? Okay. All right. Sorry, that was pretty bad. Anyway, so I'm going to preach the sermon today, and if it gets a little tense, I'll just go into a dad joke, and we'll break the tension, and then we'll keep going. Anyway, that was the nice gift from my, from my kids. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Philippians uh, chapter 3. And we're going to read verse uh, 10 through 16. It says this. It says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. He says, brothers and sisters, I I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward uh, what is ahead? I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And so we're on a on a series called called Press On. And, and we're talking about this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. And so Paul, if you don't know who Paul is, Paul was the first missionary uh, ever. He, he planted a bunch of uh, churches in what would, would be modern-day Turkey, but he used to be a persecutor of Christians. Then he became a follower of Jesus as a result of an encounter that he had with Christ on the road to Damascus. He was on his way um, to, to arrest Christians, and then he had a life transformation. Uh, God changed his name from Saul to Paul, and then he started planting churches uh, all across um, all across what would be modern day modern day Turkey. And so, the first church that he ever planted was the church in Philippi. Uh, You can read about that in Acts chapter 16 in Philippi. So he planted that church there. Now, Philippi was a location uh, where there were a lot of um, uh, retired uh, soldiers. So it was a Roman colony, and there was a lot of uh, retired soldiers, so there was a lot of patriotism, which meant that, that them following Jesus was a big deal. It was a big deal because they were pledging allegiance to Rome and they had to renounce to that allegiance and they were now pledging allegiance uh, to Christ. And so they got a lot of resistance and it was really hard to be a Christian in that location. And so so Paul writes writes them a letter and the letter that he's writing to them is actually a thank you letter as a result of a gift, a financial gift that he received from one person from that church. Does anyone remember his name? It doesn't matter. Epaphroditus. I just love saying Epaphroditus. Sounds like a skin disease, right? But that was his name. That was the name of the guy that uh, sent the letter, uh, sorry, that sent the financial gift. And then Paul writes this thank you letter uh, to his church. And in this letter, uh, he's, uh, he's thanking them. But he's also talking about basically this he's explaining to them what it means to reflect the life of Jesus in your own life. In other words, not just about the information that you receive or the knowledge that you have, but how do we live a transformed life that reflects The story of Jesus in our day-to-day life. And so we talked about this. We've been talking about this for the past two weeks. This is the third week. Um, The first week, we talked about lifting up our eyes from the earth to Jesus. The second week, uh, we talked about being Christ-minded in our relationships. Remember, that was last week. And today, we're going to talk about this. This is like the phrase that's going to be kind of, we're going to be referring to this phrase. It's this. He says it in his letter. In in chapter 3, we just read it. Let us live up to what we have already attained. Let us live up to what we have already attained. We already attained something, okay? We attained that. Now let us live up to that thing that we already attained. So I want to start off, as I do, with a question. Have you ever been misled? Yes? Like, yes? Okay, so I've been misled. When I was in high school, I was sure that this girl had a thing for me. And I, and I was sure, I was getting all the signals, but clearly I wasn't reading her correctly because when I came up to her and tried to ask her out, she's like, no, no, I'm not interested at all. And I was surprised because I thought that, you know, that she was interested. She wasn't interested. I was being misled. Now, this misleading wasn't intentional, and I get it, but sometimes it can be more intentional in life. For example, when somebody's trying to get you into a, some sort of a pyramid scheme, Right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's great, it's great. So they they overemphasize the benefits, but they're going to try to lower uh, your own responsibility, right? Happens with uh, timeshares too, you know. So for some people, timeshares are great. For other people, it's like, oh, they just tell you everything that's going to be great about it. And then you realize that as a result of them overemphasizing the benefits and not talking about your responsibility, you walk away because all they want to do is get you to sign the thing, get your credit card information, get you to say yes. And then after you've said yes, you walk away and then you start realizing all the responsibilities that that decision uh, means to you. So why do, I, why do I bring that up? Because I used to invite people to church like that before. When I was in high school, I would invite my friends to church. And I'm like, hey, come to church. It's great. Just some guys, we're going to hang out. I, would, I wouldn't actually even say church. I would just say, hey, Sunday morning, some guys are going to hang out. And there's a band. You know, we'll, we'll just have some fun. You know, it'll be great. And then they would show up and they're like, dude, you brought me to church. Like, why did you bring me to church? You know, so for most guys, they were annoyed it didn't work. For two guys, it actually did. But the reason I share that is because for us, sometimes, even in this church, we, we can make things very easy. And, and I get that. We can make things very easy. We can say, Salvation is free, come to Jesus. You don't have to do anything. We're a church of wide open doors, just come in. Jesus paid for it all. Oh, it's free, it's easy. Good, good to go, right? And that's it, and we'll we'll end it with that. Now, I just want to emphasize, all of those things are true. Salvation is about Jesus and his work on the cross. Like, Jesus did the whole work. We had zero participation in that. We put our faith in what Christ already did for us. Um, So all of that aspect is true. That's all the benefit that we receive as a result of what Christ did. So that's all the benefit. But the question today is like, okay, but what is our responsibility in all of this? Like, what is, what is your part? And when I talk about your part, I'm not talking about your part in your own salvation. No, that, sorry, you have no participation in that, and neither do I. But then why does Paul say, let us live up to what we have already attained, why does Paul say, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me? See, I grew up believing that what this meant was that I have to live a good enough life in order to attain my own salvation. I thought it was press on meant try harder to be saved. That's not what Paul is saying here. Here's what he's saying. There's something that you have already attained that was given to you. That is salvation. This is yours, 100% from Jesus for you. That part is great. I like that part. We all love that part. But next he says, let us live up to that thing that we have already attained, namely salvation. we got to live up to it. He's saying that. You see, the point here is we are not just called to hold on to our salvation until Jesus comes and rescues us from this dark world. Like, oh, I'm saved, I'm just going to hold on to it, and then we'll just wait it out until I can finally leave this place. No. I'll say it like this. Your salvation is completely dependent on Jesus. But you and I are called to live our lives as if our salvation depended 100% on us. That's what Paul is saying. And that's what this series is all about. Now that you have been saved, basically, now now that you have received the salvation, there is a calling upon our lives. I press on, Paul says, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, to live up to what we have already attained. What does this mean? Well, Paul is describing basically this, what the life of a Christian should look like after you've been saved, which is essentially means this. I wanna I wanna summarize it like this. What it means is what it means is we wanna we wanna have a transition between one thing to another. We wanna transition from, from Jesus being our Savior to Jesus being our Lord. And so I grew up believing that these two concepts were interchangeable. Like, I would go to these, I remember these campaigns. I grew up as a missionary in Chile, and so we would do these, these campaigns and these tent campaigns, and we would have this moment where we ask people to ask people to come forward. Come forward and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. We've heard that before. Like, hey, has, have you made Jesus your, your Lord and Savior? Almost like these two concepts mean the same thing, like they're synonyms or they're interchangeable. But I want to explain today that they are not the same thing, and we shouldn't confuse the two. You see, I said it already. Salvation and a Savior is about receiving this free gift. You are only the recipient. And it's easy to stop there. Like, oh, I'm saved, so we stop there. And you just hold on to your salvation. And my my fear is that some of us, maybe many of us, we've stopped there. Have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes, because I come to church every Sunday and I got baptized. So he is my Lord and Savior. Well, Maybe he's your savior. I don't know. Only you and I know if he is actually your Lord. You see, Paul is calling us to, to not just have Jesus as our mere savior, but he asks us to take it a step further to make Jesus our Lord. And that's a whole other ball game, by the way. Lordship is about you no longer being the master of your own life. It's about handing the keys over to your maker. It's about having a master. It's about having a boss. It's about having a Lord. So I ask you this question. I'm asking myself this question as well. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes, you may say, okay, yeah. um, Okay, good. Good. Who, who's running the show in your life? Who's running the show in my life? God. Good. Excellent. That's, that's a good answer. But let me, just, let me just push you a little bit on this. Um, the Bible teaches us that we should be kind to one another. It says that in Ephesians 4.32, you know, God commands that we be kind to one another. You may say, I believe that we should be kind to one another. But, but the question of whether Jesus is your Savior or your Lord is not answered in the moment that you say, yes, I believe this. It's in the moment when you ha- are having a moment where you're so angry you have to bite your tongue and you're like, oh, I'm just going to let him have it. And then you have these two voices. Am I going to do what I feel like doing or am I going to listen to what God is calling me to do in this moment because I have a Lord and I'm not going to do what I feel. I'm going to do what, lo- what God commands. So the answer to the question on whether Jesus is your Savior or he's your Lord happens in the moment when you make those decisions. Let's talk about finances. The Bible teaches in Malachi chapter 3 that, that 10% of our income is God's and that if we don't give him 10% that we are robbing God. You may say, Pastor, I, 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 I believe that. Good. Excellent. I'm glad that you believe that. But the answer to the question on whether Jesus is merely your Savior or he's actually your Lord is answered not by what you say, but in the moment that you receive your paycheck, what you do next with that will, will give you the answer on whether or not Jesus is merely your Savior or he's actually your Lord. State gossip, for example. You guys mean to break this? Another dad joke? Real quick? Okay. See what we got here. Okay. What, <laughs> this is funny. What did the drummer call his twin daughters? Anna 1 and Anna 2. That's a good one. Okay. You guys good? Okay, so let's take gossip for example. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 4 says that gossip is a sin. And you may say, yes, I believe gossip is a sin. Yes, I believe this, that this is a sin. I should not gossip. But the answer to the question on whether Jesus is your Savior or your Lord happens in the moment when you hear that, oh, man, that is a juicy one. I I feel like I just have to share this. There's that moment when you have to make that decision. Are you going to do what you feel? Are you going to realize that you have a Lord, and he is telling you to act in a certain way? You see, the transition between Jesus being your, your Savior, your mere Savior, or, or your Lord is probably the most important decision of your life today. Um, that's the invitation that, that Paul is making to his church. And it's my invitation to you today as well. And you may say, well, why bother? Like, why should I even bother? Why not just hold on to my salvation and keep living the way that I am living? Why, why do more? Like, I'm tired. Why do, do more? Why not just be content with Jesus being my Savior? Why go overboard uh, with having him be also my Lord? Pastor Josh, what is it in, what's in it for me? Well, Paul answers this question in his letter to the Ephesians. In Ephesians 2.10, he says this. He says, for we are God's handiwork. That's us, we, the, the, the people of God. are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works. This is our calling. You see, lordship is not a question of salvation. This is very important. It's a question of purpose. If Jesus isn't your Lord, then you have no purpose. I have no purpose. You can hold on to your salvation while living your own way, but you will miss your God-given purpose. I know for some of you guys today here, life seems very heavy right now, heavy, Like, there's this weight. You can almost feel it physically. It's like, man, I just, I don't know. Maybe the reason is because you have not allowed for Jesus to be your Lord. You know, there's this counterintuitive thing that happens when you decide to make Jesus your Lord, mainly obedience, which is really what it is. You obey God. There's a counterintuitive thing that happens. You see, the assumption is that when you make Jesus your Lord, that's it's not like, oh man, now I've got this other thing. Mm-mm. That's not what happens. Your life becomes lighter. Your life becomes lighter because you're no longer assuming for yourself a, respons- a responsibility that you cannot bear. You've handed it over to God. That's why Matthew 11 says this, 28 through 30. says, come to me, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. Rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you ever walked into the grocery store and grab a cart that has a mind of its own? Like, you're like, man, I want to go this way and it keeps going that way. It's like, and you keep, like, I keep fighting. Like, like, there's a time when I just kept fighting it. I'm like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Just keep pushing it. Kept adding things to the cart. The more things that I would add to the cart, the, the more awkward it was. And so I kept pushing things, and I'm trying to make a decision, like is it worth going back and getting another cart or should I just keep adding things here? I'm like, I don't know, I, don't know. I think I can make it. Like I'll just keep doing it and it, was, it became unbearable. So I had to make a choice. So I went back, I changed all of the things that I had in the cart, put it in a, in a, in a better cart and then, you know, it started, going, it started going well. The reason I share that is because I think life is like that as well. You see, we want to do it on our own. We're like, man, but life feels awkward. When you're trying to do it on your own, you know, life becomes awkward because we weren't created to live this way. And some of you guys are at a decision point right now. Am I going to try to keep pushing this life this way or am I going to hand it all over to God? Now, make no mistake, in the same way that you change the stuff from one cart to another, it's not that all your problems go away. It's just that now it just it feels Different, You see, it is a burden, but it's light burden. It's meant for you. You can do this with God with you. And so here's the challenge for you today. Transition from making Jesus your Savior to making Jesus your Lord. That's it. And I'm going to end with this. The question here is not whether or not you are under lordship. The question here is not whether or not they're like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to be under the authority of something or not. That's not the question. The question is what, is, what authority are you under? Because if you're not under the authority of Jesus, you're going to be under some authority. Something is going to be over you. It's going to be money. It's going to be addiction. It's going to be success, past insecurities, regret, etc., etc., etc. If there's anything other than Jesus being your Lord, our lives will feel awkward. They're going to feel heavy. So how do you make Jesus your Lord? Here's this big question. It's a simple answer. It's a very simple answer. It's almost too simple. You know what it is? It's obedience. It's obedience. You know, one of my best, the best moments that I've had in counseling, when I've been counseling someone, or the best moments that I've had with a mentor, is not when the mentor or I have given them some just nugget of information that just changed their lives. No, it's like that thing that you know you need to do, you need to go and do that. My mentor, he talked to me. This was, this was last year. I had to make a hard decision. He's like, that thing that you know you have to do, you just gotta go, you gotta do that. You see, it's something like that for us here too. I'm not gonna give you this like, oh, wow, I had no idea. No, that thing that you know that God is calling you to do and that you are resisting, that's the thing that will determine whether or not Jesus is your mere Savior or your Lord. It's obedience, It's doing that thing. So here is the calling on your life. If it's financial, it's realizing that money is a great servant but a terrible master, get on a budget and start giving again. When it comes to inviting your friends to church, stop praying about should I or should I not and going and doing it. Um, Stop second-guessing yourself and, and wondering if, oh, should I come up to that person and give them a word of encouragement? I don't know. What if I know? Just go and talk to that person. And give them that word of encouragement. Maybe there's something in your family right now where you, there's just an issue, and you're waiting for someone to call you and to resolve the situation with you. This is God telling you, you need to pick up the phone, and you need to resolve that yourself. It's not brain surgery. It's about having the faith and believing that God is is talking to you, and you listen to him, and you do what he says. That's when Jesus starts becoming your Lord. And what happens is when you obey and when you do what God is calling you to do, you're going to realize he's going to come through for you in a beautiful way, in a way that you've ne- you would have never expected. And the next time it's going to be a little bit easier. And the next time it's going to be a little bit easier. And guess what? Now you're going to realize you're under God's lordship and the will of God, his purpose for humanity, for your family, for your church, for your city, is going to start happening through you because you have decided to make Jesus your lord. The amazing thing about all the people in the Bible that we admire so much is not that they're great people, is that they were just, I'm gonna do it no matter what. God has called me to do it, I'm going to do that. What would your family look like if you would obey God no matter what? What would your relationships look like if you obeyed God no matter what? What would this church look like if we were a church that obeyed God no matter what? What would our city look like if, if we made Jesus not just our Savior? but made him our Lord. So what's it going to take? Well, is it going to take, take me preaching better sermons? Is it going to take the worship being so much better? Is it going to take the facilities being more beautiful? No, it's not. That's not what it's about. It's about you and me taking what we profess about God into action. This will change your life. It will change this church, and it will change our city. So the question is, what is that for you today? What is it that God is speaking to you right now? So I want to take a moment here. We're going to close our eyes. I'm going to say a few things and then we're going to pray. And I want, I want you to ask, we'll keep it simple. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit two questions. Holy Spirit, what are you showing me today? That's number, question number one. Question number two is, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? Because maybe you're here today and You want more out of your walk with Jesus. And there's something God is asking of you that seems too hard. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a reconciliation, forgiveness. I don't know what it is. But here's what will happen. You obey God. You take that step. And God will show up in your life in a new way. He'll feel closer than ever. And then you'll want more. You see, lordship is not about necessarily learning something new. I think many of us are educated way beyond our level of obedience. Lordship is about acting on what we already know. So if you're here today and you'd like for me to just pray for you, just raise your hand real quick. If you're having a hard time with this, amen, amen, amen. Raise your hand. Thank you. Amen, amen. 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 Lord God, for those who raise their hands, Lord God, I want to pray for them. That you will give them the strength, the courage, the conviction to act on what you've asked them to do. So we pray these things, God. We want to be a church that has you as Lord. Because we trust you. And we know you want the best for us. So we pray these things, God. Also for those who are here, who didn't raise their hands, it's fine. It's just... Pray for them as well, Lord. I think we all have something um, and that you'll encourage us to take the next step. So we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. Amen, amen.